and welcome to Commagers. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And this week we're joined by Craig Goldberg. Craig Goldberg is joining us. Katie, unfortunately, is unavailable for today's welcome, episode. Craig. But welcome. But we Thank have you. Craig. And if you are a listener of Commagers, of course, you know who Craig is. <laughs> um, we talk about him all the time. Of course, he was we were lucky enough to have Craig play my birthday party, which yes. was fantastic. And uh You'll see him on our social media from time to time as I go to Craig Goldberg Music Experience, That's as right. I like to refer to it. <laughs> it's an experience. Uh, it's an experience. Uh, and this week we we had to have the Craig sights, on. The sounds, the smells. Oh, there's so much. It's a five sense experience. Yeah. The, the smells are actually pretty good because yeah. unlike it's when I used a to go, yes, it's usually a brewery. <laughs> unlike when I used to go see Jim play, and we oh. were in some really shady bars, and we were in a place once. That had no floor. I don't remember that. What place? Well, part of the green door did not have a floor. That's not true. There was some patches of dirt in that bar. No, there were not. I I think there were some patches of dirt in that bar. (laughs) We'll have to fact check that with Dave. We have to ask Dave. I'm not. Well, it's certainly the floor was not in great shape. Yeah. so we're having Craig. We had to have Craig on. This week we are doing our first what I would deem to be musically themed film. <laughs> uh, we've had we've talked about other films where music has played an integral role in the film, but never a film where music is the focus. And we're talking about this is Spinal Tap this week, the rockumentary. Um, and probably of the, the most famous mockumentary. And maybe maybe the one that really kicked off the style. I mean, I know there were ones earlier than this, but this this was probably the biggest mockumentary until Christopher Guest started doing them again. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I actually did not do enough research to find out if this is the first one I knew of. No, I'm sure there were ones yeah, before it, but there are. But you like you wouldn't recognize any of the names. There's one Woody Allen that's sort of in the style. And there's I choose not others, to watch yeah. Woody Allen yeah. movies because I can't stand Woody Allen <laughs> yeah. as a person. Have there been any since that I would know? Uh, oh, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you had to see. Have you seen Best in Show? I'm t- I'm talking music based though. Oh, oh, uh, um, a mighty wind, a mighty which wind is like the, the, same the, people. the country oh. one. That's all that. It's okay, all folk, yeah, folk based. yeah, it's all folk. Yes. It's the same people. Yeah. So it's it's all those. What's okay. it? Uh, Spinal Tap, uh, Best in Show. Um, what's the other one? Uh, uh, waiting for Guffman. Waiting for Guffman. A mighty wind. There, and then there's other ones. One. Well, we are. And then they did a TV show for a while, I think, or they did like a mini oh, series. Consideration, of, isn't that one too? Yes. Yep. That's one mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. They're great in it. All right. So before we get in the spinal tap, as always, we ask the most pressing question every week: What are we drinking this episode, Jim? What do you have? I am drinking um, a flying dog, which I haven't had in a long time. Ooh. Someone uh, left this in our cooler. We had our. Um, our block party this week, uh, yesterday. Uh, it's a bl- bloodline, blood orange ale. Uh, it's pretty good. And I'm sure you were at the block party. I was. Han- handing out stickers, having people taking out their phone, <laughs> rating, reviewing, liking I don't the think the podcast came up once. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not. I was actively at events all weekend pushing the podcast. I was at little kids soccer, (laughs) swimming lessons, 
with a sign, cardboard cutout. Yeah. I've had a cardboard cutout made that I travel with now. Okay. I actually go. I actually went to one of Craig's shows with a <laughs> sign up list for my podcast. Yeah. That's, during the show you're, you shouldn't self-promote like that brian we have to self-promote <laughs> it's a world of self-promotion uh, uh craig and i have a, a delicious new uh beer from Shoveltown. well mm-hmm. not new i think they do it once a year Correct. uh the langwater farm american pale ale it is uh west coast hops that they grow on the farm in easton which is right next to Shoveltown brewery and it Very is good. delicious delicious um all right so usually this would be the point where katie would come up with something that she had written 25 seconds before uh with the rundown but i think to truly understand who and what spinal tap is uh we are gonna let the music (laughs) of this band um yeah, we'll tell the story. Okay. So let's listen to a selection um, of one of their sexually explicit songs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, involving a female's backside. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Okay. That's it. That that will give us an idea. Yeah. So the the other thing to to mention here, um, right out of the gate, like if you've never seen Spinal Tap and you're, which you're, Craig hadn't. This Craig is the hadn't. first time Craig had ever seen Spinal Tap. Yeah. The music heard in of it, it is fantastic. It's so it good. It is. And for this specific song, there are three people playing bass. It's like there are there are three bass players and a, a double bass, Makes which, no sense. which yeah, Craig yeah. has informed me does not exist. Yeah, yeah. And as far as I know, I don't, I don't know. If, if Craig, if have you, you ever seen the, somebody play a double bass? I've is, never heard of such a thing. It doesn't make any sense. No, no, it doesn't. The like, <laughs> the the, dr- the drum kit that has the tom like up yes. where the Makes symbol no... would be. It's so yeah. Good. I just want to add quickly about this song. <laughs> yeah. How progressive a band Spinal Tap was. They they are anti-fat shaming right. decades, decades well, before before Queen, people were at it. You know, Freddie yes. Mercury. Well, yes. <laughs> this, yeah. this is uh and and so like all these spoof songs you'll hear throughout the movie. Um and they actually go into the history of the band where they were like a they were like a, a Beatles-esque band. Uh, playing something like "I Want to Hold Your Hand," I think that. Oh, I would, called, uh, I would go more Herman's Hermits. Herman's Hermits, they, right? Right. They monkeys. They have the yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, do don't make fun of the monkeys. Uh, the monkeys. The monkeys are a high quality band. I, I mean, was a member of the monkeys <laughs> fan club. The when monkeys I was. was a child. I hate to inform you, Brian. The monkeys was a TV show. Yes, it was. Um, they I, were barely I, a real band. Yes, but. They um, were a band. They yeah. released albums. In fact, had a, a number of ones in the top 10. This yeah. is a lot like when you were claiming Chances Are was not an Oscar-nominated film. No, no. The when, monkeys, in fact, it received The Monkeys have some good, good songs. I don't know that they wrote any of them, but they're Do you they're know? Good. Oh, no. They, I don't think they wrote any of them. Do you yeah. actually know who wrote a lot of Monkey songs? I don't. Neil Diamond. Really? Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond wrote a lot. And you know who was friends with the Monkeys? Jack Nicholson. <laughs> he actually directed the really bizarre monkeys movie. movie. Yeah. H- Head, I think is yeah. what it's called. Like they're in on people's like dandruff and people's hair or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Probably not a film we should but, ever watch uh, but for Spinal this Tap podcast. Kind of goes through this like 
evolution of an English band from this early pop Beatles, like, uh, you know, R&B blues influenced Beatles type band to the Flower People, then on to <laughs> yes. like psychedelics and then yeah. finally ending up where we catch them, which is uh, kind of like heavy metal sort of sandwiched between zeppelin but like maybe before poison and warrant and things like that come around it's uh it's pretty hilarious it wasn't do you think it was too far like you were saying craig it's like so hairband well i so it's interesting because now that recognizing now that it was made in 83 84 84. yeah so made before any hair bands ever were even around so it's like they saw what was coming yeah Yeah, that makes it even funnier right it, they this saw is, where everything was going. <laughs> yeah, they are predicting a lot of strange music stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Like the way that, like when you actually think that bands like Poison and and yeah. and L.A. Guns, L.A. Guns, and Cinderella, <laughs> and like stuff like oh, that. Oh, Cinderella! All came yep. after this. It's yep. really funny. Um, yeah, because they're and they're not technically like really heavy metal. Like this is not Metallica or like no. Megadeth or Iron Maiden type metal. Do you, Do you know who they? I kept repeatedly thinking of as I saw them. Sticks. Yeah, they're they are yeah. like sticks. Yeah, like you could have actually done a documentary on sticks, and I'm not sure it would have been far from this film. Well, like if you ever watched, yeah, yes. <laughs> If you've ever seen Sticks Behind the Music, which I used to watch in college all the time, I had it on VHS, yeah. Mr. Roboto. It's really not far. Like, it's kind of eerie how close the Spinal Tap story is to Sticks. <laughs> so the song you played, the visuals really do it even more justice. Like, as amazing as it sounds, yeah. the visuals uh, before. I mean, when, when did MTV come out? So this is before MTV. Oh, right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Oh, very early, very early okay. MTV. So the importance of the music video is there too. Yeah. Before they even realize how important it is. Oh for my the god. Most part. Well, and they shot it that way too, which, which I thought funny. was kind of interesting. Well, and they have in, them in, like... in terms of how they shot it. It looked like a Dire Straits video, didn't well, it? You, you know, don't watch all... any of those old Dire Straits videos. It looked so much like a Dire Straits video. Well, each music performance that they do in the movie is either shot as a live concert, which is like this one. Um, yep. which is very, you know, very much like the time for music videos. That was what, what they were back then. Uh, cause I think MTV was 81. Okay. Um, but yeah, like, but, that, but, but then they go to the shows. So early, like right? a lot of the clips they show of the band when they were in the sixties or in the, in the early seventies are like, as if you saw them on late night TV, right? Like, yeah. yes. and it's just so funny. It, it, it works really well. Um, the- go ahead, Brian. No, I was going to say, I, as a no knowledge about music, and Craig and I were talking this about this before the show, you both can comment on this because I can't, because I can't play an instrument. Uh-huh. Musically, they look like they can play. Am I wrong about that? Like, I was, uh, in particular, Chris Guest, who plays yeah. Nigel, he re- legitimately looks like he can play guitar. Like there's no in, in terms of how they filmed it, which I'm actually surprised in some, you know, with something like this. Rob Reiner is able to keep long shots on him yeah. just playing. Yeah. You know, I always think of uh, Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future, you know, when he's playing yeah. the guitar and it's so much of it is cutting to his hands. It's like inserts. 
Yeah, it's they, not him. They, they, it's, there's, yeah, but there's no inserts here. You like get to see him playing this stuff. And I, I don't know. Do you think that's legitimately him playing this? I, I mean, obviously they're he dubbing it way. in the scenes. I mean, they, but they look like they can play. He looks like he can play. All of them. Yeah, I think, I think, I think he can. You can um, fake it only to a point. Right. It, but you know? even just the way he naturally talks about the gear, because I got to imagine a lot of the stuff was improvised on the spot. Like when yeah. when Rob Reiner's interviewing him in the room full of guitars, like which which has become like the most famous scene from this movie. Yeah. Um, I have to imagine that a lot of that was improvised. And the way he talks about the gear is very realistic, like. It's just funny the way he talk like he talks about the flame on the guitar like the 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 wood and he talks about like it's a 58 less Paul like not in a way that like someone was feeding him lines and he was kind of spitting them back. Well, the one with the tag. Yeah, yeah like, this one. Can't, can't this this one's this one's never even been touched. Don't look at it. Don't don't even look at it. Yeah. Uh, I love the character names in this film yeah. because they're not that far off from real English people's names. Why do English people have <laughs> names that are so bizarre? I don't know. Dis discuss. They're very British. I mean, <laughs> like British sounding names. David St. St. Hubbins. Yeah. That is not even, I, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of English soccer uh -huh. and there are legitimately names close to things like this. It's not even <laughs> the most bizarre name in this film. David St. Hubbins could, easily be somebody yeah who was and what was the record producer's name they're like sir uh i can't remember his name he's another great name of some sir oh, nigel or something uh, like eaton hog or something like that yeah eaton hog another one yeah, yeah. well eaton is the big prep school over yeah, there yeah yeah but i i love that um let's talk about one of my favorite things in this which is their music, <laughs> how they construct the music, the titles of the songs, the albums, yeah. names of so the everything films. you're hitting on is funny because they clearly put a lot of thought into names, the people's names, the band name, the album name uh, or names. They put it seems like the only thing that was written was like the names of things. Right. And then they kind of revolved everything around that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I think absolutely. Which is funny that they pay attention to semantics so much. Well, yeah. So let's let's go to a clip. Cool. I want to I want to show the clip here talking about what Craig just brought up. So the early premise of the movie is that they're coming to tour the U.S. Mm -hmm. because they're going to release an album. And uh, they're at the opening night release party, which is literally maybe conservatively 25 people at this opening release for this band. That's supposed to be uh, amazing. And their manager, Ian, who is my favorite character in the entire film that we can talk about <laughs> after this clip uh, and Fran Drescher, who is arguably the only female in the entire movie that is not sleeping <laughs> with a male. Oh yeah. yeah. The, the only female with, any kind of positive representation in the entire film uh, discuss the new album cover that they want to release. Uh, so let's listen to this clip. Yeah. Hold on five seconds. All right. Five seconds. Stupid, uh... And I want to talk after uh, with the two of you who know music about how close this album cover probably was to some eighties <laughs> hairband album covers that were being put out at the time. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. 
happens? This whole issue of what the, happens uh, on your mind? The issue of the cover. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I mean, we feel, and it seems to be facts, that uh, the company is rather down on the cover. Is that the case? Yes. <laughs> you can give it to me straight. You know. well, listen, um, they don't like the cover. Uh -huh. They don't like well, the cover. Well, that's certainly straight. They find it very offensive and very sexist. Well, what exactly do you find offensive? Ian, I mean, you cut a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog her neck. And a leash. And a leash. And a man's arm extended out up to here, holding on to the leash and pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, you don't no. find that sexist? This is 1982. That's Bobby, right, it's on. 1982. Get out of the 60s. We don't have this mentality anymore. Well, you Listen should have seen the cover they wanted to do. I don't care what the they want. See, now this is something, Ian, that you're going to have to talk to your boys about. <laughs> so... Just a little clip. Yeah, and, and Fran Drescher's great in this movie. Apparently, she's based on a real person. Um, I remember hearing oh, that, and I forgot to look it up. Um, I I would, having briefly interned in at Access Hollywood and NBC and been around that world, she is very much like the people that would be at these junkets No, but like, like uh, uh, apparently, like, based on a really famous... Oh, somebody who, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. worker, like, yeah. Right. I'm not right. surprised. It, yeah, yeah. She uh, smelled the glove. Yeah. It's, Can we just, the name? Like, the name, everything about it. And then what, what's really funny is later on in the movie, they run into a, another musician who they they kind of. Uh, it's open for them? Is that what he, we're supposed to opened, assume? He opened for them. He's now in, like, much more famous than they are. Um, he's selling out, like, the quote unquote Enormo Dome. Well, and and they basically he leaves and they go well, you know he was so bad we had to apologize we basically had to apologize for his set when we came on, um, and his cover he's strapped to a table and they're whipping him and and it's like and then they have the realization they're like oh but but it's they're doing that to him to so him very clever how he flipped it <laughs> such fuck. Such fucking idiots in this movie. Uh, but I think actually, again, you brought up, Craig, with MTV. What's interesting is I think this does tie into the mindset like back then. Oh, yeah. The idea of like how you I remember it was um, Duran Duran. The story is Rio, right? You know that song? Yeah. yeah. So with the Rio, like that song was written because MTV said to Duran Duran, you need to have an album. We want an album with women in bathing suits, like on a boat and stuff. And they're like, all right, we'll just write this song. <laughs> so, I, I mean, as wild as that idea is, I bet if we pulled up old album covers, how far off is what they were saying from album covers? That's interesting covers because MTV things. banned music videos all the time for the same exact thing, yet they promoted it. Oh yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Of course they did. I mean, stuff all the time. Oh, of course they did. And now you, good luck even finding a music <laughs> no, video. How do they still have a MTV Music Video Award if they don't have any do they videos? Still have them? Oh, they do. <laughs> do. Do people? I think kids YouTube actually. Streams. Well, I, I yeah. do. I think that's where people watch no music videos now, right? Do people make videos. music? Do they spend a lot of money Not making like they them used now? To. Singles mm -hmm. aren't put out tied to a music. What they do on like Instagram and stuff, probably YouTube. YouTube, right. all right. Yeah. I don't, I, I and like lyric videos. But the best part is, so there's a running gag, I would say, for the next like 20 to 30 minutes in this movie where they keep asking about the album cover. And then <laughs> yes. they like, what the album cover is, is 
what is the album cover, Jim? Oh, what it finally just, ends up as? Yeah, it finally ends yeah, up. So, so they go through this, all this stuff. And so it's after what? all the bargaining and what, what could be, what happens behind the scenes is that they agree to release the album with nothing but a black cover. So there's no writing on it, nothing on the spine, <laughs> no nothing. <name. laughs> nothing. Um, and that, which is where you get this really a pastel black, isn't it? I mean, they, it's like a bla black mirror yeah, looking into my soul or yeah. whatever they say. Now, it's, uh, it's so, hilarious. so that's a quote. I remember watching, we used to watch this movie in college a lot. Yeah. A lot. Cause we thought it was funny. I'm curious though, since Craig hasn't hadn't seen the movie, mm -hmm. how enjoyable he found it. Because part of me was wondering, like, obviously viewing now is very different than it used to be. Mm -hmm. Like some of the stuff that's in this movie, like today, obviously is just even the songs themselves. If somebody wrote it, even as a satire, people would be up in arms about yeah, it. So yeah. as somebody who's watching it for the first time in 2019, yeah. did it seem so wild compared to what's being made now? Or was it just good satire? So it I think was, it was so just good satire. I think it held up well. Yeah. In they almost, cause I, I didn't know what year was made when I was watching it. So yeah. I thought they were making fun of hair bands yeah. and they weren't, they were, but they saw where it was going and, that's what I thought was kind of cool about it. It held up well, but it's also this relic of like how touring used to be done and how records used to be put out. And in the old way, it was this kind of, there was kind of this mix of uh, the way things used to be and where they knew it would go. I can't, I um, cool yeah, I can't imagine. It's so funny because I'm sure this was, I mean, they're obviously kind of a middling band at this point, Yeah. but there's nothing about the experience that I see in that film that would ever make me want to go on tour with the band. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, 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 I like, so you guys both play music. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know, other musicians. Yeah. Have you ever talked to a musician who was touring legitimately touring? Do they talk about it as like something that's good? Because I imagine if you're like a Taylor Swift or somebody like that, your life is it doesn't matter because you're staying in amazing places. And but like yeah. they're staying in the crappiest Holiday Inns in yeah, this yeah. movie. It it doesn't look like an exciting experience to me. Is it just performing so exciting that you would be able to overcome all that? Is that what it is? I don't know. Do you know anybody? Yes, Jim? Yeah, I do. I know. A so lot, I don't. A few folks. Um I think if you're in your 20s, it's fun and exciting. And if you're playing shows that get people to show up, it's it's awesome. Um, because you don't mind like stuffing six people in a in a car and driving, you know, hours to the next show and staying yeah. wherever you can on someone's floor. Like most people now are would be looking for places to stay, right? Like. Like, um, yeah, like yeah. Airbnb and yeah. or just crashing and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I know folks that have toured with um, with uh, Get the Let Out, the the uh, Zeppelin cover band that tours like all over the country. And they they have a nice situation, right? Like they they play like Red Rocks and stuff. And so um, they play. Yeah. Like and legitimate. They, yeah, places. And they sleep, okay. in, sleep in normal hotels. And OK. Um, but again, that's and those 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 folks are a little older. Um, so I would think if you're not in that situation, when you get to that age where you can, you can kind of be comfortable, it's going to be a slog. 
Yeah, because um, it looks miserable. Yeah. And that should be in like in a mid 40 year old rocker. Yeah. And now you always tell me this, Craig. Now it's because Craig goes to tons of shows. I do. It's all touring now. Right. So back yeah. then. So when this movie was made, so much more of it was about albums. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would tour, but all their money are on tours now, aren't they? Yes. Isn't that where they make their money? Yeah. I think that's crazy. Yeah. If you're not touring, you're not making any money. So you're almost forced now to go that route. I'd wonder if maybe rap and EDM might be slight, slightly an exception because they sell. They actually sell stuff and streaming is so big with them. Yeah. I, I but don't, they, I it don't doesn't know. translate as well live. No, I don't know. Rap, but rap I mean, at least but you like have EDM to. That's might, where all the money is now, right? But it's all in touring. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've noticed that ticket sales have gone up. Uh, ticket The prices of tickets have gone up considerably over the last 10 years for small bands and most of the bands I, li- I listen to and see are small bands Yeah, that, you know, year, you know, 10 years ago, I got a ticket for 15 bucks and now it's 40. Well, when Hootie and the Blowfish tickets were going money. for a hundred dollars, you know, there's something wrong. <laughs> well, I did not the, go. The and the, meanwhile, is... meanwhile, fucking Jim got to go see Hootie and the Blowfish and he didn't even want to go, <laughs> which true. I'm very, I'm very bitter about. Um, the, the other side of the coin there is that the recorded music has gotten cheaper and cheaper. Right, True. so like yes. we would buy CDs for whatever ten bucks, ten bucks. But that was yeah. that. Prior to that, like you're like we would buy CDs at Circuit City and stuff for ten bucks, like the day it came <laughs> out. But if you yeah. prior to that, you're paying twenty dollars. True. Before that deal, no, came I guess along. that's a good point. Um, yeah. and then once once you know MP3s came, you're paying a dollar a song. Now you don't buy any music. You you would you know. You would listen for free on Pandora or Spotify, and uh-huh. the artist gets like, you know, so basically nothing, nothing from <laughs> yes. their recorded music. So it's all in merchandising and sales of of tickets. So well, the merch has gone up as well. It's uh, worth noting we are on Spotify and we don't receive anything if you download an episode. That's true. But we would still like you to download our um, episodes. However, I heard something interesting as far as like the music industry. I think this year, uh, or or they're predicting that next year, 2020, is uh, vinyl will outsell CDs next yeah, year for the first too. time since like the yeah. 80s. Now, do you have vinyl, Craig? I know Jim's big into vinyl. So have I, you gone I'm back that route? It, but I have it. Well, yeah, but you have it, and you, but you. I'm not saying you're huge, but you have vinyl and you'll listen to vinyl, yeah. right? Yeah. I went through about a year stretch where I had a record player and I bought vinyl. And it was a cheap record player and it stopped working. So then I just said, why am I buying the same music that I have CDs of? And, yeah. and I just stopped. <laughs> so that was my experience with vinyl. What is the difference? Depending on the record, it can sound better. But it's very dependent on how it was recorded. Yeah, and the yeah, machine, yeah, yeah. The machine and, it's and, on and yeah. there's a lot of variables. Okay. Yeah. I don't know anything it, right? Would about you say that? that? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. So the the a CD is digital, right? So like, it's basically ones and zeros on a disc that is that is being read by a laser and then translated into information. A sound, okay. And then re, you know played. Uh, a record is actually a groove in in a in a vinyl disc that vibrates a needle to recreate the the actual vibrations that the musicians made. It's it's interesting. pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Should I be listening to Spinal Tap on vinyl or CD? Did they release a record? I'm, that? I'm positive. They toured. Didn't yeah, they tour? They, did. they were touring. They did. And I think uh, 
I think you probably could get the the black album if you want to smell the glove. <laughs> I we got to smell the glove. Get the black One album. One of my favorite parts is when they're talking about the past album names as well. Oh my god! So yeah. they had um, they they he's like, well, for your re- you only got a two word review for <laughs> shark sandwich. It simply <laughs> yes. said shit sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> they can't say that, can they? Yeah, who printed that, that's, that? That's not real. They can't yeah. print that. <laughs> But the black album is funny because they talk about how ridiculous it would be to put out a black album, and then like seven years later, Metallica puts out a black album. It's one of the biggest records. But of was all time. that? I, I never. <laughs> yeah. I don't know enough about Metallica. Was that in some way tied to this movie? You I don't think? No, so? I, I don't uh, think so. And actually, like, they that had never record seen is not, that though. The record is not fully black. Like if you if you get okay. it has if, that little snake right. It at has the bottom. a snake, and actually in the yeah. upper corner it says Metallica. Okay, um, you can you can see that. Um, but the, you know, Lars was actually quoted as saying like that tour was a lot like Spinal Tap. Like that's where they had a ton of issues. It's when Headfield got caught on fire, and yeah, oh, like Jesus. he said, it was very Spinal Tap like uh, at that time. <laughs> yeah, I love the scene where the bassist gets stuck in that shell. Oh my god, <laughs> cocoon, cocoon. He doesn't get out, get out until, until they're the all end. getting back in. <laughs> that is like my whole issue and i don't go to a lot of concerts and and probably a lot of the shows you go to aren't bands that are going to involve themselves in that kind of ridiculousness are they but there are artists that do shows like that aren't there where it's like the production of these things are so elaborate i don't know if that's the quality it's like musically it needs to be more of a show or what yeah but when they do that when they drop down that fucking 18 inch stonehenge yeah. <laughs> and have the little people i don't know the proper term i don't want to insult yeah, but dan- dance yeah. dancing around the thing and the look on um the look on the face of david st hovens <laughs> is that thing is descending down is next level what is the weirdest thing craig you've ever seen at a live show have you ever seen anything like that something just like you're sitting there and you're like what the hell is this band doing like why would they ever do so all right so jim you think think about for a second jim tell us go ahead um i've been to a lot a lot of weird shows and open mics where i've seen some crazy stuff um god i mean in particular, I remember this one band. They were so ungodly loud, and the and in for the space that they were playing, and the 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 lack of any coherent song. It was really just noise. Like it was, it was like they were doing some kind of like experiment on the audience. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird. I forget the name of the band, but uh, I will remember that song <laughs> or lack of song. Or not every clearly yeah. you didn't want to listen to the band. As far as like props, ever... it's tough. Yeah, I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think. Well, ever you would neither of you would really go to a prop type no, one, I don't right? Think so. Just, I, it's like sound sometimes I like uh, I saw sublime with Rome a couple of years ago uh-huh. and I just remember the mixing. It was all bass. You, you felt like you were at a rap concert. It was all bass and it just yeah. sounded horrible. There's no guitar. Do you know it who just sounded I, so bad? I'm do you know like, who's who mixing this? I saw that was absolutely awful and it really made me sad um was third eye blind yeah uh, they were nice. horrible yeah and it was uh i want to say it was like summer uh it was summer 2000 uh-huh. so it was 
and it was up in Scranton. They, so that all these people would tour Montage Mountain. So it was uh, Third Eye Blind was the lead, but it was um, that band that sang Story of a Girl. Yeah, was there? It was a couple, but it was right before the lead singer checked himself into. Actually, when I was in a rehab. band, we opened for them. Yeah, it was <laughs> the story of the girl band. Did you? Yeah, we did. You opened for, for them? a show, like one nine show. stories. Nine yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what? It what is? were they like? Uh, I don't really remember. Okay, uh, all right. I don't. I don't think they talked to us. They thought yeah. they were big. Okay, well they weren't. <laughs> this big. is like they way had, past their. They had though. one. They're making it out to be. They only had one song at the time. Were they ever even big enough? They had like one song. No, I think it was. They probably made a lot of money off that one song. Is my Maybe. guess, but so wonder. Third Eye yeah. Blind, I was like, oh, "This is awesome." Third, that first album is it's next very, level. It's about as good as it gets, yeah. But yeah. that was right before the lead singer, I think, went into rehab. He proceeded. He's, pretty, he's known for being. Yeah, very, he uh, proceeded nutty. to just start wandering around the crowd. And the only other <laughs> thing I saw that was is weird is, um, weird I, I saw an amazing Dave show at Giant Stadium. Mm, uh-huh. It was unbelievable. Macy Gray opened for him. <laughs> and she did a was it like probably a half hour? Would you say the act yeah. right before is half that hour, ballpark? Yeah. She did the entire half hour lying on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> she walked out to the and Giant Stadium at the time. If it, like it's the Met, it, well, it's whatever it is now. It's not yeah. that different. So it's yeah. take right. any massive football stadium wherever you listen to us, whether it be like the Link down in Philly or Gillette. It's yeah. massive. She just walked out to the front of the stage. And Dave, at that point, I'm sure he probably still does, but he had a huge production. Yeah. You know, the stage was enormous. And it was when he had, the, like, the thing jutting out a little bit so he could come out and, like, Leroy could kind of – they would all play. And she just laid down and did her entire set, <laughs> like, just lying there. It was very uninteresting. One of the coolest the things I've ever seen to talk about stage props and things is uh, – when I was little, my mom decided she was no longer going to go to loud rock and roll concerts with my dad. So he took me to the vet to see The Who in 1989. Oh. And they played Pinball Wizard and had a giant silver beach ball roll off the stage into the crowd. <laughs> and the people were just like batting it around during the song. That was pretty cool. And you, your hearing came back in 99? I, still, from that show still not quite there the best prop of all time for me and they're pretty legendary this band for doing it blink 182 when they toured um 2001 probably when they went on stage behind them was the f word lit on fire for the first three songs yeah and then that was it just behind right. them was the f word on fire on fire for three straight songs and it just stopped and that was the end of it and they just oh, kept I love it. it was awesome i love it <laughs> So, so live shows talk about that. So they play all these songs in the movie. The last thing that happens in this one is the drummer blows up, right? Yeah, which I love. And they jump cut to being a famous band in Japan, yeah. like Sticks. <laughs> yeah. It was where Sticks went with Mr. Roboto. Uh, my favorite thing, and we have the clip of this, is the story about their drummers, yeah. which just gives you an idea. Early in the movie, this you know the very the first couple scenes early in the movie are Rob Reiner just interviewing them and some of the music and mm-hmm. it establishes the sense that like this is going to be you have to listen very closely to all the stories because they just go in ridiculous directions so here's the story on their drummers yeah your first drummer was uh john stumpy peeps great great uh tall blonde geek with glasses uh good drummer great look good drummer yeah good good drummer 
he died. He, he died in a bizarre gardening accident some years back. It's so really one of those things that was, you know, the authorities said, you know, best leave it yeah. not unsolved, yeah. really. You know. And he was replaced by... Uh, Stumpy Joe. Eric Stumpy Eric Joe. Child. And Eric. what happened to Stumpy Joe? Well, uh, it's not a very pleasant story, but no. uh, He's, uh, he, he died, uh, he choked on... Uh, well, the, the official explanation was he choked on vomit. It was actually, he passed uh, away. It was actually someone else's vomit. It's not... Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's no real... Uh, well, they can't you know, prove still... whose vomit it was. They no. never... They don't have no, facilities in Scotland no Yard to print You can't really dust for vomit. Now, during the Flower People period, who was your drummer? Stumpy's replacement, Peter James Bond. He also died in mysterious circumstances. We were playing uh, a uh, festival, bl jazz blues festival. Where was that? Well, blues I, jazz, really. Blues jazz festival. It was, the, it was the. Uh, it was in the Isle. Isle of Lucy. The Isle of Lucy. Isle of Lucy. Blues festival. And uh, it was tragic, really. He exploded on stage. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, but you know what I like about that clip? It's like you either think that clip's funny or don't watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's <laughs> well, this, what this movie, that's what all these things are. And we, we had referenced this, I think, before we, a little bit at the beginning of the show. I don't ever remember a mockumentary. And we were young. Obviously, we, none of us, well, you weren't even born yet, Craig. When this came out? Yeah. No. Was and even Jim and I were like three. So we wouldn't have watched this when this came out. But I don't ever remember a mockumentary legitimately prior to this. And I think it's interesting how it influenced so many things that I like. Yeah. For example, like Arrested Development. Love the, it. The Office. Oh, the, the Office, which, I mean, in my mind, I struggle back and forth. Is The Office or Seinfeld the best comedy show ever? And so much of that, when you watch those, yeah. it, it had to be influenced by this. Yeah. There's there's no question it was influenced by this. Yeah, the comedy is very similar. Um, and it is it is funny, like, talking about, uh, you know, this compared to things like uh, There's Something About Mary, which, again, like, that does not stand the test of time for me because I think the humor in it relies so much on being surprised and and kind of like shocked whereas this is always funny with like the turn of a freeze so like i've seen this movie 20 30 times and it's still funny obviously if i watched it three times in a row i'd probably not find it funny but if i give it a year or two in between each watching like it it's still really really funny um well yeah, yeah, and I thought I was asking Craig because he had seen it the first time and you got a lot of the stuff right away. But I said, if you go back and watch it, there's stuff you just even seeing it 20 or 30 times. You just once you don't have to worry about the plot, per se, yeah. you really just start looking at other things in the scenes and start picking up like some of the performances in the background like this one, for example. And I hadn't seen this in a long time. Like I said, we used to watch this movie a lot. This was one that would be in like the rotations of movies like this big Lebowski, you know, that level where we would keep basketball. watching it again and again. Basketball. Uh, <laughs> oh, when she has the the oh, we'll leave that yeah. for the basketball episode. <laughs> but um, this time I really was focusing on the ridiculous keyboard player. Yes. In this one. Vic just the Savage. Look, the, Vic Savage. 
The well, looks he gave so were about, next level. About, you know, 80% of the way through the movie, um, Nigel quits the band because he's so fed up with uh, David St. Hubbins' uh, wife who has come on tour with them and is basically like... A him, blonde Yoko owner. Right, right, who's like ruining the band. So he walks off. Um, in talking about like what they can perform without, yes, without <laughs> Nigel, he he David says to the keyboard player, he's like, "Could you, can you, can you double that bass line that that uh, Nigel normally plays during uh, Big Bottom?" You know, and he's like, "Oh right, yeah, yeah, I could do that. I have two hands." <laughs> Like, like that's the only thing you can say. Like, and the fact that he wasn't like using his other hand for anything at that moment. Yeah, but you know what I love about that too. So the, that sequence, they're also talking about like, what can we play? They're like, oh, let's uh, play our concept album, yeah. Savory Jack, yeah. and saucy like Jack. Saucy Jack. Sorry, like <laughs> Saucy Jack. We can play this. Uh, you know, we can really in the, our, our jazz fusion like yeah. thing. And but it brought me back to the idea of whoever thinks concept albums are a good idea. Like I, I you can find very, you, very, very few. few. Success stories. And I will tell you this right now, because most people, if you haven't, you can find this on YouTube, go on the YouTube and watch sticks behind the music <laughs> and see what a concept album did to that band. They were legitimately selling out football stadiums and Dennis DeYoung was like, I'm going to write a, a concept album about a living robot in the future. And all the other band guys were like, you are going to fucking destroy our band. <laughs> and he destroyed the band. The only concept album that should ever be produced is the Pale Reason Harry Potter concept album, which I've been pushing for 20 years, The Boy Who Lived. That is the concept album that needs to be made. The Harry Potter concept. There are all other concept, concept albums, albums that I really should like. not be. What? Oh, what? I'd love to give us a couple of concept albums. Hit so us with a couple. The, the original concept album or rock opera, Tommy, is very okay. Very incredible. Uh, the Wall is <laughs> fantastic. For me, it's uh, just American Idiot. American, American Idiot. Idiot. Great. Okay. All right. There um, you go. Welcome to the Black Parade, I think, is, it's is very good. It's yeah. incredible. You, well, can I was I, playing that earlier. I was yeah. trying to learn uh, Black Parade. Can I? Uh, here's it's a question. Because awesome. you, yeah. yeah. you guys are very into music. My idea of listening to music is putting on some Peter Cetera <laughs> and, and, and rocking out. So I am disqualifying <laughs> myself from this discussion. As we transition into streaming, and we've talked about this already, yeah. is an album, like, can you do a concept album? Are people, mm -hmm. like, legitimately listening to albums? I know Craig was excited because Blink just came out with a new album. Friday. So you'll listen to that because you love them. But is it the same experience now? Like, are we going to have that kind of, like, because a concept album is the equivalent of, like, long-form storytelling in television or something, right? You're you're building something from beginning to end. Do, do people listen to albums like that anymore? Personally, I like an album. Mm -hmm. more than a single okay uh i like the story it tells whether it's a concept album or not it's still telling a story um i like to see how they sequence it i like artwork i'm interested in who wrote this i like i like i go back to like when i was younger and i bought cds before i listened to it i would look at the booklet 
Yeah. I would see who wrote what. I would I would be interested in how big is the booklet. Can you tell how the production that went mm-hmm. into it? Um, I think bands that are serious are still ca- still care about making an album front to back that's good. Yeah, okay. that's me though. I, I think mean, they I don't do. Know. I think they do. do think? But they also know that it the majority of the audience is not going to listen to it like that. Yeah, which is they fine. Need a single, which they is need fine. A single. Yeah, and so yeah. you know, I, I think it. I also think it goes in cycles. Like I think that's how the '60s were prior to. Huh. Like good point, Sergeant Peppers, and and prior to well, the yeah, because didn't like, it didn't yeah. it used to be yep. just singles like the Beatles? Yeah. So much of their early stuff was that, right? You yeah. would release yeah. singles <clears throat> and stuff. I, I like again. I actually had an experience where I just purchased the CD yeah. that was delivered, and uh, Craig and I were talking about it this weekend, and mm-hmm. it was a huge issue. I got the they did um, <laughs> La La Records did the special release of the Mission Impossible soundtrack uh-huh. from the '96 version, and I got it, and it was a double CD of all the unreleased stuff. But who has a CD player anymore? <laughs> I don't. And you know what's so funny I, is like I found my book of CDs from college. It's like, you know, two, three hundred CD binders or whatever. Yeah. And my daughters were like looking through them and they're like, oh, can we listen to this one? I'm like, uh, you know, the only place we could put it in to listen to was the Xbox and yeah. listen to it through the TV speakers. It was a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. I got this because they weren't releasing it digitally. They were only making 3000 copies of it. And I was great. It mm-hmm. took me like I, I had to transfer it on the computer. Yeah, it took me hours. They're starting to release new records, like new CD, new yeah, yeah so, um, albums that come out as cassettes. Yes. Where are people playing that? Cassettes? Uh, yeah. It's the worst. Is way that to, even viable? Can does anybody have a cassette player? Well, that's anymore? the whole thing. They release them as cassettes, and people is, buy them. Wait, where do they play them? I mean, is it sounds that horrible? Is yeah. that like the next thing? You know how like no. now you can go to Target, and people are like buying. You know, like you could if vinyl, I wanted to do vinyl, you could go and buy like vinyl the cheap thing yeah. there. It's like cassettes aren't coming back, are they? No, you're not, not going to see people really. walk around with Walkman. Must be some are you? market for it, but I, I don't think. think I think it's like is that like a hipster thing? Yeah, is that what there, that is? Like, like hipsters. A hipster indie band this thing. is like yeah. when hipsters tried to take PBR, and I tried to push back <laughs> against that last year, and it was a. I, I'm not afraid to admit I lost that battle. Hipsters still control PBR, and it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> it's a little bit annoying. Um, well, that's Spinal Tap. So Jim and I love Spinal Tap. We've been watching it together for almost 20 years. So we're a thumbs yeah. up. Craig, yes. Watch Spinal Tap if Absolutely. you've never seen it. Yes. All right. That's Definitely. perfect. It's 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 a great very one. Funny. It's one yeah, that funny. a lot of people might not have seen, but you have to see. All right. It is time for Game of the Week. Game of the Week. All right. This week's Game of the Week is a new one that I created just for this episode. We're calling it Who, What, and Where, though we could play this game again sometime soon. So we have to take advantage of two-thirds of the people being here actually know something about music, whereas the other person was a member of the Monkees fan club as a small child. <laughs> we used to get the Monkees newsletter. It was amazing. I highly recommend it. It was not. I think, I think almost all of them are dead now. When did the Monkees go until... Uh, the monkeys were still going. So the monkeys were still touring when I moved up here. 
Now, Davy Davy Jones was dead. One of my great regrets is I didn't go up and see the monkeys when they performed. Um, They were, gosh, where were they? No, they were playing some Air Force Base. Yeah, some Air Force Base, probably. (laughs) uh, Uh, Some Air Force Base. Yeah. Uh, All right, so here we go. Here's the question for who, what, and where. We got no budget. No budget associated with this. It could be a band that's living or dead. If you could see any performer or band live, who would it be? Mm-hmm. What song would they have to play? And where would you want to see them? What venue? And you could like make this up, like this ideal venue, ideal <laughs> band, this one song. Yep. Who would you want to see? And does anybody want to go first or you two want to have a second? I could think you want me to think of one. You want me to go first? Sure. Okay. All right. So I'll go first. Um, Now I was torn on this, Um, but this is my thought. I want to hear, I want to see the Beatles Mm -hmm. just because they're the Beatles. And I just, I, that's a simple answer. I know it's, there's nothing exciting about that, but I would have loved to see the Beatles perform. Um, any of their early stuff, which is a cop out, I know, but at the Sh- uh, Shea Stadium show, mm-hmm. because I'm a huge Mets fan. I, I I think that would have been pretty cool. And, and it's interesting because that was it was shortly after that show that they really had to stop touring because it wasn't safe. No, for them. It, they, it they, also they, was they, no that like no one could hear anything at that. Yes. And it, but it was, but I think that would have been cool. The other one I would have picked because Craig and I actually teach this every year. I would have loved to have seen Elvis on the Ed Sullivan show because that was one of those things that legitimized. (laughs) uh, You made the rules, buddy. Legitimized. Well, Katie's not here, so I'm taking her (laughs) answer as well. Okay. Uh, Jim, why don't you go and then we'll have Craig. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm, mine's like a snapshot of time. So like I'm going somewhere to see someone perform a song. It's got to be Hendrix, Star Spangled Banner at at Woodstock. Oh, all right. Which that's pretty there's awesome. A, there's a great documentary on Netflix right now, um, about Woodstock, uh, which yep. is different than the. Which one is it? Is it? It's not the one that everybody would know. No, the, no, the because, Woodstock one. No, that the PB, is the PBS one. It might be the PBS one. I forget it's what P- it's but called. it's on Netflix. It's on my watch list. I oh, yeah, it's okay. good. Yeah, it's great. Um, okay, but it's more like interviews and stuff. Whereas the 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 what's it called um, movie is sort of like. Well, the Woodstock movie I find to be a little. It's more like jarring. There's no like, there's no interviews or anything. It's just like, okay. it's just literally documenting yes. the day, yeah, the days. Um, but they do such a good job of talking about like, like they they basically break it down into th- into the three days or like the pre production and then like the three days and like how they played out and like what happened, what were like the bigger things each day and w- why certain things were important. But yeah, Hendrix playing the Star Spangled Banner is. Uh, is probably like a 20 minute section of that movie. It's, it's great. That's like, did you guys, have you guys ever seen the, um, I know you've seen probably parts of it because we show the CNN series that Mm -hmm. reference it, but did you, Jim, have you ever seen the Monterey pop documentary? I've seen a bit of that. That's where he lights his guitar on fire. I think. Yeah. He does that (laughs) one, but that's also, they have Otis Redding in that. Mm -hmm. And that's Janis Joplin before she recorded her first, album and everything which yeah. is a good one all right craig what do you got um so i think i would go with uh, a band that's, so not around anymore 
I think I'd go with Queen playing Bohemian Rhapsody, um, Madison Square Garden. That's awesome. There we go. I think I'd go with that. That's awesome because that's a special performer. That it's a, a rare breed. Yeah, you I know, think you got to see one of those people. Like that's him, right? Freddie Mercury is. There's nobody quite like Freddie Mercury. My mother-in-law swears that he was the best performer he's she's ever seen in her entire life, and um, has a has a problem with uh, Adam Lambert being uh, you know the new yeah. front man, and had a problem with the movie because it wasn't actually Freddie Mercury. So part of that Mercury <laughs> cult. Wow, you know. It would have been but really it, interesting if Freddie Mercury was actually in the film. Yeah. That would have been a really interesting take. Yeah, I mean, it's, it would have been amazing to see, and you know, to see him play and see him yeah. play. Do you? Do you? Did, did, you, did you, had, you? didn't go to one of those Adam Lambert things, did no. you? Have that? No. Jim, do you know anybody went to that? I don't. I find that really interesting. Like he must be good enough that people are. Still well, it's going. like it's him and then John Mayer playing with the Grateful Dead. Yeah. But John Mayer, I think, is just. It, Guitar wise, is he's the real maybe deal. just so legit that it he's doesn't the real even... deal. And playing with the dead has made him uh, better, and I think even more legitimate. Okay, yeah. all right, it's, that's it's, awesome. I think it's done wonders for his career to play with the dead. Actually, what's well, normally as it like odd as this sounds, hasn't it made him a lot more stable? Which you would never think of with <laughs> what the Grateful stable, Dead was. Made him an even better guitarist than he already was. Uh, he has a lot of lot of layers to it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome all right so that's game of the week if you're somebody who has an answer to that question who would it be what song you want to hear where would it go post on facebook all right now it is time for five questions you want answers you want answers (laughs) i want the truth what makes a man mr lebowski what the fuck is the internet (laughs) why All right, five questions this week is for Craig. So here we go. Craig, (laughs) thumbs up or thumbs down, late 70s, early 80s music. Is there anything redeemable in that time period? I'd give it a thumbs down. I know people would disagree. A little ahead of my time. I don't know. Um, But the stuff before that that I would say is pretty awesome. Um, I I don't know. I'm just I'm not into it. I don't. Yeah, Jim, anything late 70s, early 80s? It's a weird time period in music, isn't it? it There's exceptions. Queen, Bowie. And there are exceptions. I'm talking popular But the vast majority of the music was crap. I mean, it was like Bee Gees. Even I don't like listening to the Bee Gees. I mean, Jesus, they were awful. <laughs> yeah, for me, the it gets Bruce Springsteen. It, it gets well, worse. Oh, true. I always forget that he's yeah, there's a couple he's, in there. But, that's in that but time. you well, wouldn't you... say you wouldn't associate him with like eighties music or like U two as well. Like U two is going to be in well, there. Well, yeah, I feel like they transcend even time periods like right. a Springsteen or a UT. 80s, I'd say. Yeah. Late mid to late late seventies, like Casey and the Sunshine Band and shit like that. You ever like look at the top? selling albums from the late 70s no. it's like the, it's the, i mean christ jimmy carter was president yeah. lucky that everybody didn't jump off a bridge during that time well, period. i mean like yeah 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 and late 70s i mean you you have things like uh pink floyd which you know but yeah i, I would say that for me it gets much worse from like 85 to 90 than it than it is from 75 to 85 oh you mean you don't want to turn on the <laughs> atom turn on the atom ant no you don't not, wanna, not you, that you, you, like you don't want to you don't want to come up here and see adam ant with us he is performing but uh, i, I do Mohegan think there's Sun. you know there are always <laughs> like adam ant you I don't mean, know adam ant no, wonderful so. wonderful or yeah 
No, but I mean, like the the, the, the over (laughs) the oversynthesized, like stuff like that. But I think, yeah, I think there's a there's always like a counterculture that is. So like you know the the police like or oh yeah I mean there is some really good stuff yeah like punk you know in the late seventies early eighties is is fantastic but well you get some early Genesis that was good too during that time period before they went like full (laughs) Phil Collins saying Peter you're just pretending you're pretending you know any of the Peter Gabriel stuff right now. Genesis greatest hits album. And well, I didn't many, own it. How many I didn't songs own from it. Peter I Gabriel actually, bur- I actually, record. I actually burned it from Jim. Yeah. Well, none of the ones I like, but yeah. nonetheless, <laughs> other people seem to like it. All right, here we go. Question two: Would you rather perform a concert or go to a concert? Are we talking? You, like one would, of my favorites. Yeah. Like, would you rather? The, like, would really you cool rather, band? if you had your choice, <laughs> yeah. like go to a general con, not your favorite band? Would yeah. you rather just go see a show yeah. or get to perform a show like you do in a good spot, like someplace you like to perform? Uh, probably perform. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Jim. Same. What do you think? Same. All right. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Question three: If you were to start a band today, you'd name it blank. What would you name it? Um. So I actually I I stand by uh, when I was in when we were in college and yeah. we, we had a band. It was called the Still Life. I actually think it's a really cool name. I still think it's a cool name. Uh-huh. I don't know. I I, I still, still think it's a really cool name. When I was in high school, we had a couple of band names. Horrible. <laughs> well, the those. first one was called Chick Vision. Yeah. <laughs> it's about as bad as it Chick, gets. Chick Vision. I so I don't know. What who, were you like? What was a? Could you give us like a? It's set not list? actually was, about females. Was, it's about nuggets. <laughs> yeah. What was like? A, like, could you give us one or two songs that Chick Vision would like play, and where you might be playing as uh, Chick Vision? The V local VFW. Okay, there you go. <laughs> had a song called Beach Party. Oh, Post. was it original? You had some original oh, stuff. Yeah, we we, we, oh, we okay. twenty four. We wrote yes. our own. You wrote your own music. We wrote yeah. our own music. Could there be a reunion of Chick Vision anytime? You so. never know. I'm still friends with all right. All right, I like it. Let's get. And then that band turned into sure thing sure isn't as bad but okay if chick vision gets together (laughs) if chick vision gets together yes come on the show like i want to be at the chick vision show live streaming you want to hear the name of my punk band when when i yes yes dollar hate club oh i like that (laughs) yeah you're you're close your children are starting to play instruments that's true you you could like start like a partridge family thing like you could get like the band family band yeah you know you just to get it together family, well yeah i mean what other family bands do people know than the partridge family okay uh, craig here we go yeah, favorite Jackson's, question Jermaine uh, i i listen i was gonna stay away from all that from that family yeah. actually the jackson five might Fit be the only our, band yeah. might be the only band ever to have as many bass players in it as uh as spinal tap yeah a side question here. Have either of you ever attempted to play a guitar with a violin before? Because I found that to no, be so that's very a, that's, impressive. That is a joke that is playing on Jimmy Page, who would play his guitar with a violin bow. And, okay. and the <laughs> idiot that is yeah, the idiot that is Nigel Tufnell in Spinal Tap thinks like, how do I one up that? Right. Like I play with the actual violin. And if you notice while he's playing with the violin on his guitar, he's rubbing the violin against yeah. his guitar. He actually stops for a minute and pretends to like tune the violin. Tunes the violin. I love it. All right, Craig, here we go. Question four. Favorite album of all time. So this is funny. A friend of mine recently, I, I don't know how it came up. We were, we were saying that we want to each make Spotify playlists, our 
top 10 albums of all time. We shared them with each oh, other. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, for me, so I did the top I 10 of on Spotify playlist. And Yo, I share and with Jim. Jim yeah, we should we'll share, share it with you. everybody. And then he shared it with me. Uh, it, for me, it always goes back to Blink-182, Enema of the State, 1920 years this year. For a, a whole bunch of reasons, it was my gateway to, I wanted to play guitar because of that record. I wanted to play punk music because of that record. Uh, it was my gateway to everything that trans even transcends like punk and emo and pop punk and all the stuff that I loved Uh, without that record. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be playing guitar or listening to music or anything. And And you're going to see Craig already got, he's going to see at Fenway. Oh, it's the green day. That mega tour that's going on. You're going, are you going to New York too, right? Are you going to see? I'll probably end up going going there too, but I have the tickets for Fenway. Okay. All right. Number five, our deep thoughts question, name a song. And let's all try to do this. (laughs) Name a song you wish you wrote and tell us why. Oh my god! All right, Jim, do you have a song you no, wish you uh, wrote? I mean, I've, I have thirty. I, I actually okay, just pick one. It doesn't have to be the only one, but <laughs> give us one song that you think would be awesome that you would you would have written. Um, I love going back to a record we already talked about tonight. Um, Third Eye Blind's Motorci- "Motorcycle Drive By." Awesome! I love that song so much. I actually have a list somewhere on Facebook. Of like the twenty five songs I I wish I had written. I think somewhere. I remember you doing yeah, that. This yeah, this is from probably like ten years ago or something. But uh, I'll have to find it. I wish I wrote after all from You're Chances such Are. Such an asshole. <laughs> is that Craig, real? I thought that song was no, called that Chances Are. <laughs> no, they, after all is the name of the song. Yeah. Um, from Peter Cetera and Cher. Uh, okay, Craig, is there a song? It doesn't have to be oh the God, only that's song. Like the hard, that's a really Do you like question. a song that you love that you're just like? I wish I wrote that song. It's every brilliant. single time you're just like, wow, this is like as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That's the hardest question ever. Isn't it? <laughs> it's pretty hard. I, I, think, I always think about it as I've stuff never that, written like, a song, so I can't that, even like, imagine. It's sort of like the songs that sort of, um, that sort of like are in the wheelhouse of something that I would have written. That it's like, Oh, if I could somehow connect with like all the stuff I was actually feeling and put it out there, and it resembled something like this, it would be incredible, right? Like, yeah. It's not going to be a song people know. No, but the first one that comes to my mind is this band um, I love. They're called Brand New. Um, They have this song called I Will Play My Game Beneath the Spin Light off this amazing record called uh, Deja on Tandu. And... Oh my god, it's just it's good. It's just so good. Awesome. <laughs> it's a, it's a it's a great mix of it starts out kind of slower and acoustic and then it picks up and the lyrics are just absolutely amazing and brand new. Amazing amazing band. They put out a record called The Devil and God Are Raging Inside Me, which is one of the mo- most iconic <laughs> emo records of all time. Must listen to it. it all awesome. seriousness though, if I, I a song that I think is awesome is uh The Beatles um it's actually George Harrison is my guitar gently weeps. Like I, I just, there's something about that. He didn't get to write many songs. They, they, you know, John and Paul got all the songs. And I think that one, and if you ever watch the George Harrison documentary on Netflix, that Scorsese did, they like, so all oh, the song shit like he brought Eric Clapton in the play on it because they weren't even <laughs> ser- like seriously doing. I think there's just something cool about a guitar player like a guy who could really play guitar writing something that like highlights how he feels about things for non-music and i just love if you've never seen when he died and they inducted him into the rock and roll hall of fame it's like uh, his son prince 
Tom yeah, Petty yeah. Print, all playing Prince, it. And Prince play, is like out yeah. of this world yeah. on that. You can find that on YouTube. He's so, uh, he is absolutely amazing. I just did, did a quick search in Facebook. This is amazing. So I wrote this list June 8th, 2011. And there's, wow. only, there's only like 10 songs. So it's Golden by My Morning Jacket. Here's Looking at You, Kid, from the Gaslight Anthem. Uh, the Perfect Space by the Avid Brothers. Racing in the Street, Bruce Springsteen. The Background by Third Eye Blind. So I was off like one track there. <laughs> well, that uh, whole album was yeah, just so, so damn good. Though. Murder of good. One, Counting Crows. Screaming, oh. screaming Infidelities, Dashboard. Uh, the Rising, You're Bruce a- Springsteen. <laughs> You're a real emo kid. Dashboards on there, huh? I like. I love he has that a da- song. Do you a lot. still have the da- Do you have a dashboard poster in your office still? No, or did you? they're all Gaslight Anthem posters. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome too. Um, yeah, and then Thunder Road. I I always Thunder Road's on oh, another. Thunder Bruce's. Road and and Born to Run are like, I, I you know you can't I can't pretend that I would ever even come close to writing something like that. Well, he's a genius. Yeah, he, I, mean, I mean that's all. Yes, he like he's a genius. Classic rock songs that are tough to. Uh, the only other song that comes to my mind is uh, "Damn It" by Blink One Eighty Two because everything for me comes back to Blink One Eighty Two. There we go. Because it's just that line. Well, I well I guess this is growing up. It's just like the best line. It's just it's timeless. Everybody can relate to it. I almost want to go to the show at Fenway Park just to go. Green Day. Yeah, should dude. I almost want to go to it just to go. Okay. Uh, before we <laughs> get on to our picking the next movie, Craig, where can people find you uh, if they want to come see you play? I post pictures often because yes, I go to listen. You. If they, Appreciate most that. importantly, if they want to book you yes. to play, you were amazing <laughs> at my birthday. Jim was Thank there; you. he can attest to it. Um, you're all Jim over stole the, the show. He played a couple. Of no, songs he did. And... He was great. Jim's always <laughs> great. Awesome. So, where can we find you if people are looking? Uh, if you go on Facebook, just type in Craig Goldberg Music, and I'll come up. Or if you just Google search Facebook Craig Goldberg Music, I will come up and I play. Uh, I play all the tunes. He's great, and we will see you. I don't play uh, Spinal Tap yet. No, <laughs> I think could you for your host Craig's hosting an open mic on Thursday. I could you learn a Spinal Tap song and play it? I might be able to. I might if you learn a Spinal Tap song. I'm going is, to open mic. We, I will sing with you. Really? I will go up on stage That's, and you sing. You got to do spinal the one like the, the. What's the big one? What would be the? What should we do? Oh, the big could, one. Could we, can we do you have it? Can we play it? Tonight I'm gonna rock you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can you play a cut of this? Sure. We should practice this, and maybe I'll play. So it this is play. here. It is. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bring my double bass, and we're gonna play this. It's a long intro. Yeah. We're gonna have to cut the intro down. I'm not sure I could. I might be able to carry some of this music. I, I'm not sure I could sing. I'm thinking lyrically they might kick me out. Okay, <laughs> it might be it. Yeah. You might have to right, do so like we'll the see. more uh, the more chill ones, like uh, the, the little song they're singing at the table. Like what if, what if we five nineteen? What if, what if we had my son Jack and Craig's daughter Madison or preschool together make us a Stonehenge at preschool and we could lower it from the same we could perform uh, Stonehenge That's I could awesome. wear a cape I could wear a cape uh, yeah so check out Craig Craig Goldberg music uh, he's lots of events coming up and you'll see some pictures let's be honest if you're listening to the show you probably follow us on Facebook because you're in your at least your 30s which is the only people who go on Facebook anymore so you'll see some pictures uh, from Craig's open uh, Mike he's hosting Thursday and then Craig and I will be at 
Oktoberfest at Shovel Town uh, Brewery uh, this weekend. Now, for those who are still listening, we had a huge response to this question. The Facebook fans and listeners uh, gave us their recommendations. We had over 75 films recommended, uh, over 400 comments on Facebook to our request for picking next week's movie and what we're going to try to do in a, a pretty much monthly basis here, which is open up uh, an episode where people choose our film. Uh, and the question we're going to ask now comes from the amazing Brad Pitt in the movie seven. Jim, what's the audio? Oh, where did it go? It's missing. That's all right. What's in the box? I'm Brad Pitt for this. So we have our famous com majors box. I'm going to shake all 70. You can hear this in the mic. We're shaking. If you just listen to us on the pod, Craig is going to pick one slip out here. Uh, This film is either going to be amazing, like a film all of us want to watch, or it's going to be a film that Jim hates. So either way, this is a winner for us. I I don't know. There were a lot of really mediocre picks that people had strong feelings over, I think. There were some films in here that I had never heard of. No. And that's fair. There were a couple that I had not heard of. And that's pretty hard because I think I know most of them. All right. So, Craig, just pick one, one slip. Yeah, I think you got one. Here we go. All right. So if we don't like this, this is all Craig's fault. (laughs) All right. Do we know who it was from? Or are we going to find that out later? Oh, boy. Oh, Christ. This is not one of the good ones. I'm just going to put that out there right now. What is that? That is. Uh, The film we are watching is Last Starfighter. God damn it, Keenan. No, this this is from... From Patson. Patson. Yes. I think Keenan also wrote about the last, last Starfighter. Star yeah. Well, I ignored all of Keenan's uh, recommendations. <laughs> I would not ever put a film that he picked what on. What is this from? Uh, so, this it. is a film that is not good. <laughs> now, Jim, I will. Uh, now, you know what? We have to do it. No, it's, no. It's the authenticity. Uh, last Starfighter. Can we even watch that anywhere? I don't know. Uh, you know what? Let's pick one more <laughs> in, in case we can pot if unless if because I don't think that movie's on DVD. So no, in I case either. in I'm case checking, we uh... can't wa- in in case we can't watch Last Starfighter. Why did this person put it on there? Uh, so well, hey, listen, I watched a lot of Last Starfighter. <laughs> I've as seen a kid. it. I've seen it at least twice. Yeah. Okay. All right. So just in case. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh boy, this one's actually worse. You better hope you find it. Uh, Jerry Gilligan's selection, no, is a film called National Lampoon's Senior Trip. No, which is a film we watched in high school. So if we cannot find last Star- Starfighter is Starfighter. on Amazon and iTunes for all rent. right, you can rent it. So all right, you can rent it. Last Starfighter <laughs> next week. On the show, so much to talk about about this. What film. year is it? This is like eighty five, I oh, think. Eighty four. Uh, by the way, there is legitimate discussion about rebooting this film into a modern of course, feature. Why not? I, 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 I have so much already to talk about with this film. <laughs> 
so much to talk about. Craig, thank you so much for being yeah, on the show. It was fantastic. Was We'd fun. love to have you back on. Uh, when the when the old band gets back together, when Chick Vision <laughs> Ch- Chick Vision reunites, if you in fact if you know Craig and you were in Chick Vision and you have any pictures or audio of a Chick Vision, I actually have a whole folder. Okay, on my then we need some. Can we share some of that? That we one need, of the guys. We need some of that shared on social media. Yes. Uh, we'd love to have you back. It was fantastic. Thank you. Join us next week where somehow we we delve into a film that had probably a smaller budget and worse actors than chances are bordering on getting into just slightly above mazes and monsters agreed, territory. Agreed. We will look at Last Starfighter. Goodbye, everybody. See you, Thank you very much. Thank you.